Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z, and we got a great show planned for you. We're talking Watson reports, Baker does not. The Celtics seem to have the Nets number, and we are ordering up the top five potential landing spots for Debo Samuel after his trade request. But we begin in the world of college basketball as former, yes, former Villanova head coach Jay Wright announced that he is stepping away from the team. He will now take a new role as a special assistant to the university president after quite a bit of success at Villanova, you know, and take them to a national championship, over 500 wins. As a career coach Wright, you're looking at 642 and 282 between Hofstra and Villanova. He's a culture builder. He's a program builder. And he's leaving this program in the hands of Kyle Neptune. Kyle Neptune spent 10 years under Jay Wright as a video coordinator and an assistant coach. Most recently, Kyle Neptune has been the head coach of the Fordham Rams. Big ups to the BX. There we go. So, we've lost Coach K this year. He's retired. We've lost Jay Wright this year. He's retired. We lost Roy Williams. He's retired. All of a sudden, like we were talking about all these coaches that were high on the pecking order in terms of greatest active coaches. And now... You have guys like Bill Self moving up the ranks. You have Mark Few moving up the ranks. And then after that, it's getting, you know, it's getting really difficult to talk about who is still active, you know, who's still active and um, who really fits the bill as best head coaches left. Like, maybe would you would you say Bruce Pearl? Would you say Shaka Smart? Uh, you know, these guys are moving up the ranks. And one thing is for sure, Jay Wright is a fantastic coach, a very snappy dresser. He will be missed. And it also calls into speculation. I know we talked about it during our production meeting. Is the Lakers job enticing to Jay Wright? He's had multiple offers, including the 76ers in the past, to jump from college to the NBA. And at age 60, is the time right? Is it the right time? Pun and fully intended. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes. Flight crew through and through. The last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Yeah, I never didn't see this coming at all, right? Never talked about it. Never leaked anything about it. Just kind of woke up today and was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a wrap. Um, no, it's wild. I mean, we could speculate all we want. I know the Philadelphia 76ers offered him the job a couple of times. You know, our first thought was, 
you know, is, is he going to go to the Lakers? Eh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Shire doesn't work out and he goes to Duke. I can see that happening. Um, but what a, what a nice guy. I mean, at least he seems that way. I've never met him. Um, but he seems like a nice guy. He seems like a, people, a person people want to play for. And uh, what a hell of a career. Um, and you're right. There's not there's not many elite co- uh, head college basketball coaches left. Um, Bill Self comes to mind. Is you know he's still there. Jim Beheim is still going. But we're Beheim's definitely we're de- on the list. That's for sure. Yeah, we're definitely uh, entering into a new era of college basketball. And, and and props to a guy who did it during the one and done era and figured out how to maneuver around that. And played with defense and a lot of local guys. Often got the Jersey kids and and the uh, the Maryland kids and, and he's gonna be missed. Uh, I think the guy, you know, the person taking over from him is, is has some big shoes to fill. He absolutely does, and that's the problem with the guy after the great guy. Like we talked about Shire, and why we think that John Shire is in for a world of disappointment. But the the shadow is big, the, the shoes are big. And you need to be able to come in and immediately establish your own identity. So you need to not only win, but you need to win big. And I think that's that's going to be important. Like for Kyle Neptune, he needs to come in and he needs to establish his stamp on this program. And that means that he needs to make a serious run in the NCAA tournament in order to cement his legacy if you you always try and you know if you look at comparisons when in when players replace great players right and in new york we've seen it a bunch of times you've seen tino martinez replacing don mattingly don mattingly replacing um not don mattingly uh jason giambi replacing tino martinez (laughs) mostly we've seen it with yankee first baseman but uh gregorius replacing Derek jeter you do get, you know, the shoe. The shoes are very big, and it's very easy to get swallowed up by that because the fans don't forget. And you need to, you need to establish dominance early in order to make the fan, you know, in order to make the fans forget a little bit, and to lengthen the rope in case you do start to struggle down the road. And those are some nice shoes. They're probably some Cole Hans or some Allen Edmonds, I'm sure. Bergamo, uh, like yeah. Jay Wright dresses in style, baby. You know that. No chance this next guy's gonna level up. We love youth sports. Not only do they get the kids out and active, but they teach the necessary skills of teamwork, sportsmanship, and fair play. One organization that we are proud to partner with is Osning AYSO Soccer. Their mission is to develop and deliver quality, player-centered youth soccer programs that promote a fun, fair, family environment where everyone is welcome and everyone plays. If you have a child between the ages of 4 and 18, registration for the Fall 2022, Spring 2023 season opens April 27th with an early bird special. Sign up before June 15th for only $175 per child. For more information, to sign up or to volunteer as a coach or referee, go to AYSO201.org today. The more volunteers, the more children can enjoy the youth soccer experience with Austin AYSO. That's AYSO201.org. More soccer, 
for more kids. AYSO201.org. Visa and MasterCard payments only. But you know, we're not gonna <laughs> let we're not gonna let college basketball steal this, the, the top of the show. I mean, we do have some interesting NBA basketball, playoff basketball going on. So much to talk about today. So excited. Uh, The Nets lost game one and game two to the Celtics. Kyrie did not hide his feelings from the Celtics fans in game one, giving them the double bird a few times, enjoying with fans in game two. Kevin Durant uh, just could not get it going last night as the Celtics defense roughed and toughed him up. Do you have any issue with Kyrie getting into it with the fans? And where does this series go from here? Well, what I have a problem with is Kyrie Irving going for 39 in game one. <laughs> and then going for 10. <laughs> a 10! A 10! A 10! <laughs> my problem with Kyrie. If you're looking... And, oh, here's the best part. In game two, 10 points... A whopping one assist. Remind me what position Kyrie Irving plays. Last time I checked, I thought he was the point guard of the team. He's a goddamn point guard. His heart is not there anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Your job is to distribute. That is your role. And if you are going to have a 4 of 13 night from the floor, you better make sure you are making your teammates better. I mean, he did come up with eight rebounds. That was tied for the most. Him and Bruce Brown. Good job. They don't pay you to get the rebounds. They pay you to pass. And they pay you to score. You That is your job. And as far as the double middle finger goes. Double bird. I, the double deuce. I, I, un, I understand that this is a contentious relationship back from when you lied to the Boston Celtics fans and told them you were going to stay, but in reality, you were going to the highest bidder, and it happened to be the Brooklyn Nets. I completely understand why they are pissed at you. Never, ever, ever, ever is it appropriate to flash these double birds. Like, we had, you had that problem with Jack McDowell. It won them over with the fans. It was a moment of frustration after a bad outing. This was a repeated response to antagonism throughout the game. It's a totally different situation than even Alec Bohm. Even the, I fucking hate this place. You know, it, it was just a, you know, it, this, this was, I'm going to rile up as many people as I can. I'm going to piss off as many people as I can. And I really don't give a damn what comes of this. And that is Kyrie Irving's attitude for the entire season, regardless of, of what we're talking about here, whether it's his vaccination status or his play on the court. It's, it's about me and everybody else is just collateral damage. I don't like the fact that he only got $50,000 in fines. Patrick Beverly for saying, take their ass home got fined 30 grand he did not flip off the fans he did not make an obscene gesture uh i think nurkic got more for tossing the guy's phone because he confiscated the phone and then chucked it so this is this seems a little incongruous to me and 
it's just another example of the league bending over backwards for Kyrie Irving when he does not deserve it. Yeah, uh, I, I don't like pros flipping fans the bird. Um, I think it sets a bad example for kids and, you know, people that are at the, you know, kids at the game, kids in attendance, kids watching, <coughs> excuse me, kids watching the game on TV. You know, you think that that's the way to handle your frustrations, and in a, in a different setting, that 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 would not be acceptable. I don't have a problem with them drawing, because I think that's part of basketball. You kind of get into it with the people around the court, and you also get into it with, you know, the the other players. But I mean, rightfully so. I mean, Boston should feel burned. I mean, this was supposed to be their. This was. I mean, they were supposed to be Tatum and Kyrie, right? I mean, they were supposed to really. This was supposed to be the start of something special, and they got Squadoosh out of it. And you know, then you have yeah, you have Kevin du- Kevin Durant going 0 for 10 in the second half and 4 for 17 in the game, and they were roughing him up. But uh, you know, I, I don't have a, I at least said I don't have a problem with with drawing. Uh, and how how uh, how much BS is it? He he goes through the whole day. He's doing Ramadan fasting but then you go and you'll flip people off during the game i mean come on man i mean you gotta you gotta be a better person yeah i mean he absolutely does and it seems to be a constant double standard um but if we look you know what we're talking all this smack about brooklyn let's praise the celtics a little bit so the the celtics are more even in their they're a team they're a they're team, a team. Their team. I mean, Tatum got pretty much shut out in the first half, and then he came on strong in the second half. And Marcus Smart playing really good defense and knocking down shots when he's supposed to. I mean, that that's that's and these guys have been playing together for so long. I mean, the, the NBA should be kind of hoping that the Nets lose, right? Because you want to show that oh, superstars can't come together at the last minute and win an NBA title. Want to show they that the, the important of the team dynamic. Boston Absolutely. Plays as a team. Yeah, you should be. You know, it, it is a team sport, and you absolutely should be rooting against the Nets. And the you Nets know, are getting out coached. They're getting out coached. They're not creating good opportunities for Devin Durant, and they're getting yeah. all up under him. And he just can't. He can't do anything because. Nobody's nobody's helping him. Nobody's coaching him. I mean, you could be the best player in the world. You still you still got to be coachable. Absolutely. And if we think about it for a second, where did they get Ime Udoka from? Where, San where did the Celtics? San, San Antonio. San Antonio, but he also spent time with the Nets. So, oh, really? Okay, there you go. Yeah, Udoka, Ime Udoka has experience in that locker room. He may not necessarily have it with some of these guys, but he is respected throughout the league, and he has pedigree in Brooklyn. So it, it's, it goes without saying that, you know, the guy who pays his dues compared to a guy like Steve Nash. And this is something, yeah. yeah, this is something we said at the beginning. And I know Stephen A. Smith was painting it as racism. It's not racism. It wasn't racism. It was, you know, the arrogance to think that because he was a great player, he could skip the line and be a great coach. Yeah. And that doesn't translate. I mean, yeah. if you look at some of the great coaches who were players, yeah, Larry Bird was a decent coach. Isaiah Thomas was eh. Magic Johnson was awful. And then look at Steve Kerr. 
Steve Kerr's a fine to great head coach, depending on who's on the court for him. But they're consistently in it. Steve Kerr was not a great player by any sense, any stretch of the imagination. But Steve Kerr is definitely maximizing what his team is bringing to the table. Speaking of things being brought to the table, injuries, injuries, injuries are being brought to the table. The Bulls and Pelicans, even their series with the Bucks and the Suns, respectively. Devin Booker injured his hamstring and is out for game three and four, possibly out for three weeks. Yeah, it's Chris bad. Middleton sprained his MCL and is likely out two to four weeks. Who's a bigger loss, Booker or Middleton? You know, I flip-flopped on this. Uh, initially, I thought it was really Booker, but I'm, I, I, think, I don't think the Bucks can survive without Chris Middleton. Um, he's like Robin to Giannis, Giannis is Batman. And the Bucks could have lost game one. They lost game two. And they could lose more games in this series. Um, the Phoenix Suns, I mean, to me, their main player and the most important player on their team is CP3. And don't get me wrong. Devin Booker is their superstar. But could they win this series without Devin Booker? I think they could. Uh, DeAndre Ayton would have to really step up and other players on the team with really bridges would have to step up. But they can. I think they can get by the Pelicans, especially the Pelicans don't have Zion and really Ingram is their best is playing out of his mind right now, which is why they're able to win. But I would say for me, I think it's Chris Middleton. How about you? I'm going with Middleton as well. And just doing a... A comparison of rosters, you don't yeah. really need to go that far, right? I mean, Chris Paul is the best player that's remaining on that Suns roster, but you can run your offense through Paul and DeAndre Ayton, and you'll be fine. I mean, you'll get. They also have really good role players, right? Like yeah. Cameron Johnson is really good. Um, you have Landry Shamit, you have Dario Saric, you have guys... JaVale, have... JaVale McGee, I think it sounds silly, but he gives them good minutes. And uh, they they have, they have talent. Like they, they, can, they, they can get by if they had to. They absolutely could. And, I mean, you are repl- you're trying to replace 26.8 points per game, 4.8 assists. You know, like, Devin Booker's no slouch, but other guys on this team can possibly fill in and give a spark. But as long as you have Aiton and Paul, you're going to be fine. If you look at this roster here, you have Giannis, you have Chris Middleton, and where is your offense going after that? I mean, Drew Holiday, George Hill... It's not their job to score. I mean, Drew they're, Holiday they're, can do they're it. They're good. They're but... good in they're good in spurts. They're not guys that are going to give you like forty minutes of scoring, and that and that's basically what they need to replace, right? Exactly. It's, you... West Matthews isn't going to do the trick. Uh, Grayson Allen's definitely. Uh, Dr- Grayson Allen's more likely to get suspended than to <laughs> do anything. Well, there's uh, a different. There's, diff- there's just a different mentality in basketball. It's like, you know, somebody goes down. Someone has to. Someone has to make up those points in that amount of time absolutely and you know you also have to be a defensive stalwart you also you can't be a liability on the court and I think because it is so the gap between the top two players and the rest of the team on the Bucks is so wide 
that they're definitely going to struggle a little bit more. Granted, the ceiling, the ceiling for the best player, Giannis, is much higher than everybody else. So Giannis can definitely pull a LeBron and carry a team on his back until Chris Middleton gets back. I mean, I'm, I'm, we've seen it. You know, he's that talented. But um, yeah, I just think that the Middleton injury over the course of a series and over the course of a, a playoff series in particular, like that is going to loom larger because the drop-off is so big. Now, Chris Paul, if they lose Chris Paul, it's a different story. Because we, like we said before, Chris Paul is what makes the Phoenix Suns go. He's the straw that stirs that drink. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton were one of were on one of the worst teams in the league before Chris Paul got there. Chris Paul literally strapped these guys to his back and got to the NBA Finals. So it does not, to me, the the injury to Booker isn't as big of a deal, and it's one that I think you know it's tricky because it's a hamstring. So it's one of yeah. those things that it's going to be a problem, and it's definitely they're going to have to learn to play without him. A knee, you could probably rehab a little bit faster. A hamstring can flare up on you, and you know, to me, this is <coughs> to me this is more aligned with the Luka Doncic thing, because Luka, like with his, I mean, with his calf, any kind of anytime you have a muscle injury this late in the year, you definitely have to worry. I, I'm putting I'm putting the Booker injury more in line with Luca, and like it might be conservatively, it might be three or four weeks, and, but we're gonna see where that goes. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads, Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood. Speaking of seeing where things go, the 2022 Major League Baseball season is off and running in full effect and Dave Stewart, former star pitcher for the Blue Jays and A's and Last we saw him, he was an agent and a former GM of the Diamondbacks. He's trying to jump into ownership. He's putting a group together to try and get a Major League Baseball team in Nashville. Now, we've seen this before with the Dave Dombrowski group. The problem is Dave Dombrowski left that group to go take a GM position. We've heard rumblings about this, and it looks like it's starting to come together again. What are your thoughts on a Nashville baseball franchise? Yeah, I think we talked about this a little, maybe last year. I mean, I think the Nashville scene is hot. I mean, it's hot right now, you know. But what about the idea of instead of bringing an expansion team, you could just get the A's to move there? I mean, they only had like 30,000, they only had 3,000 people in attendance for the game earlier this week. Uh, No, I like, I love Nashville. I've been there a bunch of times. Um. All their uh, sports teams are located right downtown where all the restaurants, shops, and bars are. Um, and it's expanding. It's growing. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of businesses going down there. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of developments being you know, made up. Vanderbilt's right there. 
Uh, a lot of good baseball players and some football players came out of that school. I mean, unless Major League Baseball wants to put a team in Montreal, you have Montreal and then Nashville. Um, but baseball is baseball is one of the sports that can continue to add teams, don't you think? Like without hurting the product. Like you can, there's 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 fine baseball players, you know, throughout the minor leagues, and there's always a good crop where you could you could feel the team and and every four years or five years compete. It's not like the other sports. Well, my thing is this. It's not just one. If you're doing expansion, you need to do two. Because you need to feel you need to have a balance in both leagues. So if you are doing Nashville, then you have to add Las Vegas or you have to add Montreal. You it's never just going to be one because you want that even number in order to keep the schedule balanced. Major League Baseball is actively trying to expand. And frankly, this is the same league who was thinking about contracting in 1998. You know, the same year that Arizona and Tampa Bay were it were being ushered into the league, they were talking about folding Montreal and Minnesota. So, I'm not too keen on the expansion idea. I thought I personally think that there are a lot of Major League Baseball players who are not good enough to be on a Major League roster right now that are taking base. And there's a bunch of quadruple-A players. In my opinion, you're going to bring a substandard product to this new scenario. The other thing with Oakland right now is that it would be great for Dave Stewart because Dave Stewart has those roots with the Oakland A's. But it's also a substandard product right now. You know? Like, that's fine that you have all... I mean, the it's perfect that the infrastructure is in place, right? You have all of your, your contracts. You have your minor league affiliates. You would have all of these things in place. But you're going to bring a rebuild situation which is on par with an expansion team. If we look apples to apples with a roster, it's going to be negligible. It really is going to be negligible in terms of what you're going to get. And I don't think, if we look at how expansion franchises have been treated recently, I mean, we have to look at the NHL. The NHL is the team, the, the league that has most recently expanded. And they had that one monster expansion draft for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then when you look at the Seattle Kraken, the rules were different. The rules were slightly different and the Kraken decided to play it a different way. And the results have not been what the NHL wanted it to be. So that's my one thing is that you're kind of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. You're gonna either you're gonna get substandard baseball for at least the first five years of the franchise, any way you slice it. So keep it at 30 right now. Grow the grow and mature some of these players to where they're not the drizzling shits. And then, you know, you might have something here to where, you know, you can expand later on. I just don't feel that I disagree that right now is the right time. For expansion. Do you think there'll ever be a league that would contract? And which league do you think it would be? That's a good question. I'm not, you know, because 
any league, you have to contract two. It's not just one because you want to keep it. You would want to keep the schedules balanced. You want to keep them even. Um, may no, not even the NFL. Not even no. the NFL. No, no way. never. No um, way. No Even though you have a, you know, you have. They'd put a, they'd put a team in England before they would contract. Yeah, <laughs> that's not, you know. See, for me, not, I would think it would be the NBA. I really do because they're going that I, way anyway with the super teams. Right, and I think it'll be. I mean, I think it'd be better if they did. And uh, but then again, you have small markets competing at a high level. I mean, the Bucks won last year. That was a team that I thought should have been contracted. Um. And Look at the, the number Pelic- two in the Western Conference. You have the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, and then you have the Pelicans, who have like you know supposedly one of the best you know players to come out of the draft. You know we haven't seen him play, but <laughs> uh, and the NHL, I guess, would be another one that I could see contracting. But baseball, there's money in baseball. There's money in baseball now. The, the NHL, I would consider. Um, the only thing, the, the one team that automatic, like that I, I automatically think of with the NHL is the Arizona Coyotes. And they just keep like, it's the snake that swallows his own tail to survive. Like, they, they're now moving on to the campus of Arizona State University. Like, I, would, I, I would love to go to one of those games. You know that? I, thought, I bet that's really great. We, th- I, those games must be really good in that, in that arena. <laughs> I mean, we're going to find out. Hopefully, we can get a fade route field trip going. But um, it's one of those things, man. Just like, like you you wouldn't necessarily think that warm weather hockey sites would survive. And that would be the logical, that would be one of the logical locales that get removed. But for some reason, like teams are, you know, they're, they're hell bent on, on staying status quo or growing. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB, to Dutch Apple, to Campfire S'mores, and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them DNZ sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. But speaking of growing, off-season workouts have started for teams around the league, and there's growing concern, particularly (laughs) in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson was on the field for the first time in two years, as he has suited up for the Brownies. But one person that was notable in his skipping of the workout was Baker Mayfield. Should Baker show up for these workouts? I think he should. I would. 
make them feel uncomfortable. They put themselves in this situation. I'm going to play. I have a contract. I'm here to play. I'm here to compete. And then if I get hurt, well, guess what? My trade value just got hurt, and I'm just going to sit back and just make my money. I mean, there's... Unless they... I would assume that they would eventually tell him not to come back. But could you imagine how awkward it'd be if he just showed up? He's like, all right, who's taking first team reps today? (laughs) I mean... You can't. I would assume that Watson is not 100% polished, and we still. No, we still don't know what uh, what the future holds for Deshaun Watson as far as his, you know, suspension and you know legal matters. So, cool Baker Mayfield to show up and play the good soldier, in my opinion, because if is if this remains unsettled then Baker Mayfield has a job. Baker Mayfield is going to get the starting reps. And if it is settled, then Baker's the good soldier, and it looks good for him in a PR manner so that if he does get traded, like, say, to the Carolina Panthers, that if he does get traded, he he has been, you know, a model citizen through all this. Yeah, his feelings were hurt, but... You he think he's a been a model citizen? You really do no, feel like I'm he's been a model if, citizen? I'm that if he does this, if he goes through this and actually like plays the good soldier, like it looks more favorably on him than if right. he just sits out. Like he definitely right. it, it would behoove him to enhance his status if he goes and shows up. Now, whether he will do that, I mean it remains to be seen, but I mean, the numbers, the numbers don't lie. Like Deshaun Watson versus Baker Mayfield, it's not even close. Deshaun Watson is a, is a more talented quarterback. But with the baggage that comes with Deshaun Watson versus the perceived baggage that comes with Baker Mayfield, like, and you're not going to pay Baker Mayfield as much as the Browns are paying for Deshaun Watson's services, I, I think it, it's ultimately going to be a nice spotlight for Baker Mayfield to showcase what he's capable of doing and, you know, that positive, like, makeover that we were talking about. Kind of like the image rehab that Jameis Winston did. Or the image, rehab, the image rehab that we want Sam Darnold to do. His trade value diminishes every single day we get closer to the draft. And his trade value will officially expire the minute a quarterback is taken in the draft. And if not, then then by next Friday, when the second and third rounds are taking place. So Cleveland's on the clock, man. You know, you're trying to maximize value now at the time because you don't want to get into a situation where you got to cut him. Because then some no. Pittsburgh's probably going to take him, or Seattle's going to take him. Why wouldn't they? Or Carolina. Now all of a sudden he's interested in Carolina. First he told his people, "Don't tell Carolina I'm not interested in them." And now he's like, "Oh, I guess I could play for Carolina." Make up your mind, dude. Like, you want a job or you don't want a job? Well, I mean, a lot of that comes from the fact that Ben McAdoo is a freaking idiot who, you know, who, uh, you know, showed his hand a little bit and was saying that Sam Darnold is QB one, and then he immediately walks back that statement. So, you know, good, good job. Nice to know you have learned absolutely nothing, McAdoo. You have learned absolutely nothing in your time away. But speaking of time away. The USFL is back. 
past weekend. And overall, I mean, it was football. Like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't gimmicky in the least. It wasn't you know the best thing in the world. But um, you know, what were your takeaways from this week? I think their PR department needs to be fired. I mean, there's nothing about it. There's not. There's nothing. You don't. You don't see it on buses. You don't see it on trains. You don't see it in the sky. I, you wouldn't even known a new league is is available and debuting and is is out there. There's more discussions about the technology they're using than the highlights of their best players or their best plays from the weekend. They're talking about player tracking, ball placement. All this nonsense. I want to know about the product. How's the product? They scored pretty well with the ratings, but that's going to dive now because you're not promoting it well. Like, come on. There's, there's ample opportunity here because the XFL is going to come in. They're going to come in strong. They're already trying to partner with the league. They understand their role. What's your role going to be? And they haven't established that. Yeah, and frankly, I mean, they haven't really done that much. I mean, even though you have, looking at this, even though you have teams representing cities, everything's gonna be played in Birmingham, Alabama, at least for now. And which is cost, got, of, which is cost effective. Yeah, cost, it's cost effective. effective. It's cost, cost effective, effective. But there were no asses in the seats, though. Like asses in the seats are gonna be a problem. Right. But if you're looking at it, you I mean you have competitive scores. You had. Mostly with between, you know, the only blowout was two touchdowns. Tampa Bay beat Pittsburgh. So, like, but Tampa Bay is supposed to have, have the number one offense in the league, and they've kind of shown that. Um, place kicking is going to be a problem. Like, in the first couple weeks until they get everything kind of ironed out, place kicking is going to be a problem. Any kind of precision offense is going to be a problem as teams kind of get to know each other more and get their offenses going. So, I mean, as far as what we saw, room for improvement. And, you know, there are the growing pains that you expect out of a relatively new football league. And honestly, like, the helmet cam was cool. Like, it was definitely interesting. It puts you in the perspective of you know, uh, a player's perspective as things were happening on the field. Uh, the drone was interesting. I can definitely see Fox stealing that for the NFL, you know, because after all, they have the, the simulcast thing going on with NBC and and uh, Fox for this, which is an interesting little wrinkle. Well I'm, well, I'm pretty sure that Fox has some investment in this league, right? They got they, they got. It. Yeah, they, they have their they have their hand in there, yeah. So if anything, it just it's going to be more innovative in terms of performance, uh, in in terms of the broadcast, and we're gonna see what's gonna happen as far as that's concerned and what you know what will actually come of that. But as far as performance on the field goal uh, on the field goes, like, I mean, it was football. It's the the, the best when the best thing you can say is it was football. You know, that, that kind of tells you, you know, where you are and what you can expect. I, I, as far as the XFL versus the USFL, I mean, it's good that the U, it's good that the XFL is getting itself out there and making sure that, you know, it's on people's minds and on people's lips. Because they still have a year to go before they get back into the game here. And... You know, Dwayne Johnson better make sure that 
the stake matches the sizzle because while there is no sizzle for the USFL, there's an amount of stake. Like there's a decent level of football. Like it, it, you know, it, it was competitive, it was competent, and out of a fledgling new league, that's kind of like the least you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, what you want to do is you want you want to stick around, you want to hang around, whatever you got to do to do that. Cutting costs by not doing traveling, I think, is smart. And you but you got to get people talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. I don't I don't hear anybody talking about it. Uh, even when the XFL came out, was it last two years ago, right before COVID, people were talking about it. People were talking about the hitmen. People were talking about going to games. People were talking about betting on games. Hear any of that? No, we don't. You know, you, you know where you hear that? You hear it here on this very podcast. So, USFL, if you're listening, yeah, hey, give us a call. Get a give sponsorship. A hey, you know, we'll, we'll talk it up. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Absolutely. We will definitely talk it up like we're talking up the match. The match is back. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers tag teaming against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. The match will take place on June 1st at the Win in Las Vegas. Do you have any interest in this 12-round event? And here's another question. If you could cast the next match, what would it be? Yeah, so the first thing I'd say is I'm not sure right now. I mean, last time I felt Tom played awful and Phil helped keep the ball on the green and helped them get back on track. I'm not sure how interested I am in seeing four amateur golfers play together. You need to mix in a pro there, right? You need, I think you need to mix in a really good golfer to play with the, you know, the, the NFL player, the star player. I'm, I'm, the only reason I'd watch is I want to hear the banter. That's kind of like what I liked about the last one was hearing Rodgers and Brady go back and forth with each other, discuss about if he was coming, if he was coming back, and and you know the, the, how the how the season was going, and if Rodgers was going to play, and if he was going to play in Green Bay. Like those things were fun and tantalizing for me. Um, but I I think I would like it better if it was like Pat Mahomes and. Ricky Fowler against Josh Allen and Rory McIlroy. That would, to me, be more appealing. Young guys, and you know, I, I don't, I don't want to see like Josh and Pat spraying the ball all over the damn course. Like I want to, I want it to be competent golf. But hey, bravo to golf for trying to capture a new audience, right? They're trying to get the football crowd interested. And I think they're doing a good job because I even caught myself watching more golf this past year than I normally would. And even and even Bravo to the NFL 
for trying to capture a new audience with the Nickelodeon. The games on Nickelodeon and Slime Time. They got Gronk hosting the Nickelodeon Awards. But baseball, maybe baseball should get like a celebrity wiffle ball game going. Like, you know, get some Scherzer and like, uh, I don't know. Some some superstar to to play get to play against like the Grom and I don't know somebody else in a wiffle ball game would be fun. I mean, it definitely would get you know draw more attention to the game. But I mean, baseball has so many problems right now with the rules and with trying to make good to their fans. That I don't know, like growing the game in that regard seems so far down the road. But as far as the match goes, I'm not interested whatsoever. <laughs> it takes it's it's it was fun know, and it was beautiful last time they were in Montana. It was awesome. I mean, there was a fine. grizzly. There was a grizzly bear on the course. It was crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. It was a it was a grizzly bear on the course. It was insane. Are you sure it wasn't John Daly without his shirt on? John Daly, that that would be awesome. John Daly tagging with somebody else. Come on. Come on. That now that would be interesting. Like. Like have something absolutely freaking ridiculous. Go after John John Daly and Antonio Brown on a team. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> I think we're on to something here. You that's but that's the thing. You need over the top Right. Like J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith is would be a fine example, right? He's playing golf in college. Like, with the name, image, and likeness stuff anymore, it wouldn't be an NCAA violation to go do the match. J.R. Smith has friggin' personality coming out of his ass. So that would be a... Would be and you, a, don't a have, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry about anybody getting hurt. It's golf. I mean, yeah, you could get hurt, but it's not like if you were playing basketball or football. Like, you know, take it easy. Go out there and have, you know, swing on the back nine, you know? And, you know, like, as far as, like, the trash talk and the competition goes, like, I really don't know what you're getting from this. You're getting... You know, Aaron Rodgers will do it passive aggressively after the fact. Like he's not going to do it in real time. And Tom Brady, like you know, I like Brady, but I I don't know if that's. I mean, how many times is Brady going to do it? That's the other thing. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of over him. I don't need to see him again. I want to see other players. Um, Honestly, I was thinking about it because you know we were we were considering doing an order up of this, and I I came up with two good alternative matchups and I want to see Joe Buck and Troy Aikman versus Jim Nance and Tony Romo like in pairs like I would love to see that I would love to see that whose booth is better at golf and here for the ultimate in hockey supremacy a three way you got the team of Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux versus the team of Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin versus the team of Connor McDavid Austin Matthews Hockey yes, players can play golf, man. Yeah, yes, hockey players, hockey players can play golf. But you know, this is this is the kind of thing that's exciting. It's, it's fun. It's fun to see them talk and banter and get back and forth with one another. I, I, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm done with Brady. I don't need to see Brady. Oh, here you go, Dustin Johnson and Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield and Sergio Garcia. Winner oh gets the start for the Browns. Oh my gosh! Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Stefanski can caddy for everybody. The winner gets to be the number one at practice this week. Come on. Gets to practice with the first team. Oh, my God. 
god, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, there's so many options, and then you got to throw in baseball players too, because if you look at like Aaron Hicks is a .7 handicap, Jeff McNeil is a scratch golfer, John Smoltz actually has he's won. He's a good golfer. He's a really good golfer. He's won pro am tournaments, so like, it's very like you know, there's it's appealing. It's appealing. Yeah. It's appealing, and it, it takes the stress off. And like I said, you got it. You got to make it fun. They got to be able to talk. I want them mic'd up. You want to hear that. You want to hear that banter, like $500 closest to the whole pin on this shot. Like, that's, that's, where, that's, that's fun. That's where getting a Michael Jordan. That's where getting a Charles Barkley. That's where, you know, even getting a Steph Curry, who can talk Steph shit, Curry, but he's good, also good, good golfer. really good golfer. Good golfer. Yeah, because yeah, you, you need to – it's got to be enough of – it's got to be enough of the shit talking and the side betting to keep the casuals, but right. it's also got to have enough quality golf to keep the the right. And, but that, and that's why I think you need to have at least one pro golfer in there, a guy that can get the ball back onto the green. You know, and that's what happened with the Phil and Tom match was. He was Phil was the guy cleaning up Tom's shots. Like you know, he he could get it back. He could get us. With one shot, he can he can he can make it better, you know. And, and I don't know if you're gonna always get that with a with a celebrity or a, a player from another sport. More or less. All right, guys and girls, we have some statements for you today. If we think it's going to be more likely, we're going to say more likely. If we think it's going to be less likely, we're going to say it's less likely. Can't get much of a simpler build than that, right? More or less, number one, (laughs) Sam Darnold will have more touchdown passes this season than Baker Mayfield. Oh, man, this is great. So... I'm going to go with less likely. I think Sam will begin the season as a starter somewhere, but will ultimately get hurt or replaced. Uh, Baker has, I, I keep saying this, uh, I, mean, I, I actually called it last year that Baker played his last game in Cleveland. You heard it here first. I said it. But Baker has the ability to rise to the occasion. And I keep saying that. Like, you know, he... he, he he got he got into Oklahoma. He became the starter. He didn't start there. He first was in Texas. Like he he has the ability to rise the occasion. I do think he will rise again. Now, how long he he stays on top, I don't know. But he's gonna get another opportunity, and I think he he winds up having more touchdowns than Sam this year. I am gonna go less likely as well. If you look at Sam's traje- trajectory. Granted, he is only 24. He's going into his age 25 season. So there could still be a moment where, like, the light goes on and he matures as a player. I mean, it went from 17 to 19 between his rookie and second year. So there was a little bit of an uptick. And then a precipitous drop. And now kind of plateauing at nine TDs a piece. So it remains to be seen what Sam Darnold is able to do. Sam Darnold has also never completed a full season. Whereas 
Baker Mayfield at least has two of those under his belt. And, you know, granted, one of them, he threw 22 touchdowns and 21 picks. So, hey, you know, I'm not thrilled by... I'm not thrilled by the prospect of either one, but I'm going to say that Sam, it's less likely that Sam Darnold's going to do it because Baker Mayfield just shows more flashes when he's on than Sam Darnold does. And regardless of weapons, just Baker Mayfield shows more than Sam Darnold does. And I mean, we'll see (laughs) they might even be teammates. Like, that's going to be the funny... That, this is going... We'll have to revisit this if Baker Mayfield ends up on Carolina because that is going to be a very intriguing quarterback battle to watch. More or less, number two, Garrett Cole finishes the season with an ERA lower than four. Less likely. I mean, God, when are we going to... When are people going to finally admit that the Yankees missed on this guy? Like, keep... Keep, people keep telling me that it's too early to cast to cast criticism. Are you kidding me? Like, I don't know why everyone's making excuses for this guy. He's lousy. He's terrible. He can't get out of jams. He has he has one way to pitch, and that's it. There's no deviation from a plan. The spider attack is out. He's, he doesn't have the control that he had in Houston. He was upset on opening day that the game started four minutes late stop stop focus on getting yourself out of trouble and focus on getting people out and not about what time the damn game starts get That's over your, G- get over yourself jeez people like to say that Mike Messina took himself too seriously Mike Messina has nothing on this guy like he always has a sour puss on his face regardless of what's going on and despite that, I'm gonna go less. I'm gonna go more likely that he does finish the season with an ERA lower than four. What? But it's not. But it's not gonna be by much. <laughs> three, three ninety-three. Yeah, it's gonna be in the high threes. I'm not gonna say he's gonna return to you know two point five zero ERA form because he can't. Like. The lowest the year of that was 2019, when he had this little stuff, this little substance called Spider Tech. Yes, the RPMs are there for a slider, but it's he just his fastball was too straight. His slider hangs from time to time in the worst possible moments. We saw him walk five guys, five tigers, in a game where if he was. You know, if spider tack were legal, he'd be mowing guys down because he'd have grip on the ball. And frankly, I just don't think that Garrett Cole is that good. I'm with I'm with you. I am with you on that. Like the years where he was astronomically great were the years that he cheated. So you know, that gives me a little pause. To kiss this man's ass. Now, the Yankees are on the hook for a shit ton of this money, and you know King Cole is giving them absolutely no return on their investment. Regular season, you know, you're looking at 23 and 11. That's not great. That that's not great at all. 
And when they needed him both, when they needed him most, he shits a bed. So you just bought Roger Clemens 2.0. And Roger Clemens, as a Yankee, was no great shit. I'm going to go more likely, but it's going to be somewhere in the three nines. He may go on a hot streak, you know, in the middle of the season when the weather warms up and he'll be able to, you know, throw that slider tight as tight as he wants to with all the with the, all the revolutions but at the end of the day he's not good enough to he's not good enough to earn this salary and live up to the expectations of the New York Yankees more or less number 3 Roki Sazaki will go 3 games straight without giving up a hit no, this is a Japanese in the middle or actually towards the end of two perfect games. Um, less likely. Uh, I just think it's so it's so amazing and it's just so I'm just going to man the cop stuff. It's electric, man. It he comes out of believe. His stuff is absolutely amazing. AJ is an exploding splitter. He's got a good fastball, tight slider. I'm going to go less likely as well, and I'm going to call it. The first, the leadoff hitter of the next next game is going to get a hit. Like, it's just, it's not sustainable. Like, there's a reason why, like, Johnny Vandermeer is the only guy who's ever gone back-to-back no-hitters in Major League history. It's just that it is extremely difficult to complete these tasks. And, you know, as good as this kid is, the other guys have tape on him too. And that's the thing. Like, you might have jumped on them early. And that is, you know, that's fine. But I, it's just not sustainable long term. And if we think about it from a managerial standpoint, this is, what, the third, fourth start of the season? You really want to be pushing this kid this hard, this early? If we think back to Kerry Wood, right? Kerry Wood was 20, I think, when he had his 20 strikeout game. And he ultimately never recovered from that. That's a good like, question, he, though. We we never talked about it. Did you have a problem with Kershaw getting pulled in the Dodger game? I was, I was okay with it from the simple fact that it was his second start of the season. Yeah. You know? Like... You want him in October, but you don't necessarily want him in April. So, but see, that's the problem with baseball, right? Though that's the problem with baseball, is that they couldn't let him on that day because they're planning for game 150 or game 180. You know, they they they're planning for down the line where in football he would have played, right? He'd have finished. Oh yeah. It, you would you would have to pull him out. You know there was no way. The only thing I would say about the whole Kershaw thing was is like he knows his body. You know he's he knows that the better play was to come out. As much as it is amazing to pitch a perfect game, you, you just, I think he just knew he knew that it it wasn't going to be possible for him to finish it. No, absolutely not. Like he knows his body. He knows that he was coming off of elbow issues. He knows he knows that he's had these issues in the past. And ultimately, he also has his eyes on the prize. Like, he, it's, the one, it's the one accolade he has not achieved 
yet, you know, he he seemed more concerned with wanting to be there in the end for a World Series title. And frankly, like, yeah, you want you know you want to like bash Major League Baseball a little bit for you know being prisoners of the future, but at the same time, like, you're not. I mean, in the past, you're not replacing Clayton Kershaw. Now Clayton Kershaw has come down to earth to where he's more of a replaceable pitcher. But the prime example, Jacob DeGrom. Like, I'm fine with Jacob DeGrom being out now because I'd rather have him in October. But you can't, you're not replacing that guy. Like, Tyler McGill is p- pitching very well, but he's not Jacob DeGrom. Like, Jacob DeGrom and Tyler McGill on his best day, there's no comparison. The same thing, Clayton Kershaw on his best day and Tony Gonsolin on his best day, it's not even close. So, you know, it's, you know, it's it's tough to compare it to football because football is, you know, I mean, baseball's 10 times longer. The, the season is almost 10 times longer. So, you know, it's one of those things that I, I'm fine with it. You don't want to burn, especially with the Sasaki kid, you don't want to burn this kid out. You know, especially as young as he is and as as phenomenal as he is, you don't want him to end up being an also-ran or a flash in the pan because you got greedy. And we, we, we talk about this in high school athletics and college athletics. You know, guys are so fo- – coaches, managers are so focused on winning that – they burn their pitchers out and they derail a promising career for their own for their own game. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It is time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. We put up a poll on our Twitter, at FadeRouteDNZ. It goes up after the show, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and then next week, you get to find out who, t- who took home the ass? And do you know who took home the ass last week, D? I don't. One Mr. Cam Newton. Hmm. Good job, Cam. He's back. He's back. But that was last week. This is this week. Who 
are your nominees for the Legend Superstar of the Week Award, B. All right, first up, I've got Kevin Durant. You know me. I'm Kevin Durant. Well, we know you went 0 for 10 from the field in the second half. Jeebus. And 4 for 17 from the field the entire game. You're supposed to be the best player in the finals right now or in the NBA playoffs. One for two from three. You only took two three-point shots. Do better. Just do better. Number two, Aaron Boone, coach of the New York Yankees. Miguel Cabrera sitting on the verge of number 3,000. And you walk him to load the bases in late innings for shame. Aaron Boone, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last, and certainly not least, is Debo Samuel. Asking for a trade because the team that drafted you is not signing you to an extension yet. Play out your contract. Bet on yourself like Baker did. <laughs> I kid. Uh, but those are my alleged superstars of the week. What do you got, Z? All great choices. All great choices. Um, gonna go with a couple of familiar faces and call some that are just like Rob Manfred. Uh, not this week. Not this week. But he, uh, you know, we're, we may have to debut a new segment called "Insane or Hilarious" for one. Yes. Of but yes. Ben McAdoo, we're gonna start with you. You have learned absolutely nothing since you left the Giants. Walk having to walk back the comments about declaring Sam Darnold QB one. Ben McAdoo, when will you learn? Just let let other people, more qualified people, choose quarterbacks. Ben McAdoo, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham for trying to instigate a fight with Luke Voigt over a hard but clean slide at the plate that took out catcher Tyler Stevenson. You may know a lot of MMA gym owners, but that doesn't really mean anything, does it, Tommy? Tough guys don't talk about how tough they are. Tommy Pham, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Washington Nationals for not letting Capitol Police know about the planned Golden Knights jump in honor of Military Appreciation Night. They shut down the cap. They evacuated the Capitol because you forgot to make a phone call. Nationals, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, Weatherford College pitcher Owen Woodward for absolutely trucking the guy that took you deep. So, he this was running his yacht. Yeah, so just hit him. Just plunk him the next time like any other pitcher. Your own teammates didn't even back you up, bro. And now the school is thinking about expelling you. Good luck living this one down. Owen Woodward, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Those are our choices. Those are our nominees. Head to the poll on Twitter and vote and vote and vote. And as for our nominees... Just do better, boys. Just do better. Your 
favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. Order up! All right, boys and girls, it's time for us to order up. Order up, order up! This week, we are ordering up the top five best landing spots for Debo Samuel now that he has requested a trade from the San Francisco 49ers. And here we go from five to one. Who you got, D? All right, I'm going to start interesting enough with the NFC North of going with the Detroit Lions. They've got draft picks. They've got cap space. On day one, he elevates the Lions to uh, a new level. On number four, I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars, pairing Trevor Lawrence with this unique talent who can run the ball out of the backfield, catch the ball in space. Uh, Another team with tremendous amount of cap space, young quarterback. This could be the start of a new era in Jacksonville. Number three, you'll like this one, the New York Giants. Galladay's awful. Plug in Debo. He'll do well here in New York. You're cooking with gas. Now, this is this is the kicker. You're not going to believe this, but number two is the New York Jets. Come on. <laughs> you were willing to trade the number 10 pick for Tyreek Hill. You wouldn't trade You wouldn't trade the pick for Debo Samuel. Come on. Jets have a team. They have cap space. This could be where he signs, extends, and he's the new guy in, in for the New York Jets. But number one... I mean, clearly to me, this is it. Is the Green Bay Packers, whether it's a rental or it's for the future, you take you you you're, you've got Aaron Rodgers, Swiss Army knife, the guy that can really just do it all and bring a dynamic part to their offense. I am blown away by this list. I am blown blown away by your list. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, we don't have a lot of overlap either, which is really interesting. So, uh, for number five, I'm going with the New England Patriots. I think that <laughs> I think that, that Bill whiffed on Cordero Patterson, right? Like he didn't realize what he had in Cordero Patterson, and I think he would like a make good. So I think that Bill Belichick, with this particular this particular talent, he could really have something special. Good call. Number four. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that was the last tweet that Debo Samuel liked was somebody photoshopping him into a Dallas Cowboy uniform. But look at their team. Look at their offense. Passing-wise, you have CeeDee Lamb and... Cedric Wilson, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. You, you <laughs> re-signed Gallup, but Gallup's on one leg. You know, like... Gallup's not galloping. No. Debo automatically gives you credibility and he can also add a wrinkle out of the backfield. So that's some, definitely something that uh, Wonderkin, Kellen Moore, would uh, definitely exploit, maybe, if he was any good. I'm still not sure if he's any good. Number three, your Baltimore Ravens. They need a goddamn wideout. They need, they need a number one. They whiffed on Julio. They didn't get Tyreek Hill. 
they they need 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 Marquise Brown is not a number one Sammy Watkins is now in Green Bay they need 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 a wide out and drafting a wide out is not the answer you need an impact guy and you need him now your window is closing your window is closing and Mark Andrews cannot be that guy number two I'm taking the Colts if this is win now prove it prove it you got Matt Ryan you have Jonathan Taylor Michael Pittman Jr. is not a number one T.Y. Hilton is a free agent he is gone so why not Pony up, put your chips in the middle of the table, and go all in and get yourself Debo Samuel. If you really that if you really want to take on the Titans, prove it. And number one for me, just as it was for you, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers needs a toy. Now that Devontae Adams is in Vegas. He desperately needs something. Now, it's a toss-up for me between getting Debo Samuel and signing Odell Beckham. It wouldn't surprise me if both happen and Aaron Rodgers ends up with OBJ and Debo as his two primary weapons and Sammy Watkins as his number three. Like that would, it would go from eh to interesting very quickly. Or it can all go to hell and Aaron Rodgers can start, you know, throwing people under the bus as do. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor. Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at FadeRouteDNZ. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.